Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 again. We're, uh, we're running again off of Sunday morning about running your race to win it. Wouldn't it be crazy to run a race that you didn't want to win or didn't do any good to win? I'm here to report your stuff is working. Breakthroughs are all around you. COVID is defeated. It is. And money is moving. Money is moving. I'm telling you, money is moving. Pay no attention to the politics of the nation. I mean, pay attention in prayer, but don't put your thought life on it. Don't try to figure it out. Me and, me and Debran, we are both commensurate problem solvers. It doesn't matter if it affects us or it's part of our problem. We just, we just jump up and say, ah, I got a solution for that. Nobody's asking. How about that? Chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. So we know that's scriptural. We know that we can look at ourselves. It's not right to, for somebody else to look at you. So if, uh, if you judge not, then you ought to judge yourself. Isn't that what it says? We ought to judge ourselves lest we be judged. And so I looked at that again today and said... What does that mean to examine yourself that you be in the faith? And one thing it means is, I think, is it means to be growing up. To be growing up. Uh, it doesn't matter where you start. Just like it doesn't matter how much money you have, a tithe is the same. It's the same strength, the same cost, the same release of faith. If you're making $10,000 a week or if you're making $100 a week, it's the same. Well, the same thing about growing up. Whether you're just starting out, you can grow. We can go as fast as we want to. Amen. We sing songs, Lord, pour out this and help us with that, but actually it's up to us. He's already poured out, hasn't he? He's already done everything he's going to do. So Ephesians chapter 4. Let's just slip over there and look at this growing up thing. Now, I want to challenge you this evening, and I'll broadcast, I want to challenge you. You know, if, if, if we're not challenged one another, if we're not challenging ourselves, there's really no need for us to gather together. Just everybody just get off on their own and sail on, do the best you can, and that's what a lot of people do. They're, they're judging themselves by themselves, and it's not working for them. Ephesians chapter 4 says in verse 14 uh, that we henceforth, be no more children. My, my. He was talking to a church. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. The point there is, is that we may grow up in Him. Grow up. Michael, grow up. Grow up. Grow up. Well, you don't need to grow up. There's areas that I'm strong in, just like there's areas you're strong in. We can, we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody. But every one of us has got a little, a little area there that we're working on, and we say to ourselves, grow up. Grow up. Uh, what that means, or could be, is to hold your position at every position. Whether you're an apostle and you, you know everything about everything, whatever they know, or if you just got born again this morning. Grow up and hold your position at every position. So wherever you, wherever you are. What if you and I were called to be something what great in the kingdom? 
an evangelist that was going to go around the world or uh, an apostle or a prophet or whatever, something that, that everybody, God came down to you and said, I want you to do it for me. Well, we'd have to say giddy up. We'd have to say giddy up. Oh, I, I'm just, Lord, I'm just staying at this level. The church level, I'm, I'm staying with everybody else. We're, we're doing right, we're not doing wrong, we're, we're, we're faithful and we're giving and we're kind. But what if, what if there was another layer? What if there was another level? What if there was another degree? How would we know it? Unless somebody prophesied to you and said, Thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to be this and do that. And you go, well, that's what they got, but that's not what I got. Or maybe we did get it and that awakens us. We need to wake up and hold our position at every position and not backslide, not slide back. How many of y'all know it's easy to slide back? It just, it just takes a hesitation. And it doesn't mean that you, you, you slide into sin or, or reprobate. It just means that we're not as hot as we've ever been, which is backslid. If you're ever not as hot as you've ever been. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's do just a few scriptures this evening. Now, I, I want to I be confrontational. I want to be confrontational. I want to preach the Word. I want the Word to bite anything that's weak, that's little, that's insecure, that's fearful, that's, uh, that's reticent, that hesitates. I, I, want, I want to be confronted by the Word. And so who does it or who brings it or who's speaking it is irrelevant. Isn't it crazy that people don't like woman preachers? Dear Lord, what is wrong with those people? I'm speaking to you on camera. What is wrong with you if you don't like women preachers? Because it's the word that changes us, not the voice or the, the, the face or whatever. So we're taking it any way it comes. Someone asked me the other day, well, what about this, uh, um, evangel this uh, healing minister? You know, what? is that real? Well, of course it's real. But a lot of people mess it up. But of course it's real. Well, has anybody run off with the money or run off with the secretary? Well, sure. Because <laughs> it's people. It's not some celestial being comes down and says, I'm an apostle. I'm not from here, so I, 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 I'm not going to chase girls or gold or glory. Ah, no, it's everybody down here that's being those things. It's, it's your leader where you are. It's that you're leading your family in the grace of God. And so we're all tempted to, to be less than what he's called. Not tempted to be bad so much but to be at a lower level than God's called you. And only you can judge that. But I can tell you to whom much is given, there's a draw on you. If you've been in this gospel, in this word, in this light, whatever this is, you, we got we to gotta be bellied up. We got to anchor up to it. Hallelujah. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, we're not going to go a long way with this, but in verse 2, here, here you have a discrepancy or a discerning between two kinds of Christians. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Well, there it is. We've got milk drinkers and we've got meat eaters. So the Word tells us to examine ourselves. And you did, one way you can examine yourself, it says, am I, am I a milk drinker or am I a meat eater? Do you have to chop my food up real quick? You know, people get offended in church, and the Word says that uh, uh, somebody that's offended is harder to be one than a strong city. When you're offended, you're just about done. It takes a big man, a, a, a grand woman, to come back out of an offense and say, 
I, I forgive and I repent and all that. I'm not, I was wrong. That's what it takes. And it's just pride is so big. So we got to examine ourselves before we fall or even if we do fail and nobody knows we've failed. We got to examine ourselves and say, hey, giddy up, Michael. This is unacceptable. This isn't who you are. This is not what you're called to. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Why, Paul, to the church at Corinth, which was a regular, pretty carnal church on one hand, but on the other hand, they got all the, the good stuff about the gifts of the Spirit and, and all that. He said, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. So we can feed meat to our little ones, but they might choke on it and it might not give them what they needed. And he said, neither yet now are ye able. Wouldn't you hate to be in a church family that, that you never got anything but milk? You just, you had your whole spiritual life could only come up to whatever milk would do. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stay there. I wouldn't go there. I, I'd just say, I, I'm glad I got born again here. I'm glad y'all started me out. There's a whole bunch of ministries. That's what they do is just get everybody started. Well, we birthed you. Yeah, praise God. Got birth, got born again, and got the, the basic things about heaven and hell and all that sort of stuff. But then, then what? Then What after that? Are we supposed to just coast or survive or cope or just flow like a leaf down the river? Or are we supposed to do something mighty for God? I want to do something mighty for God. And the reason you do that is because this life, this earth thing, is just such a short little flicker. It's a vapor. I, if, if I can't make it just while I'm down here, 65, 75, 105 years, I can do that. Can y'all do that? Of course we can. Now, if it's 17,000 years, you, you might have a little century or two that, that you backed off. But here it is. This is no time at all. Everybody says time just goes so fast. It's just no time at all. So it says, um, uh, excuse me, uh, for as long as there are, where am I? Verse 3, verse 3. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you, here it is, envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal, and here it is, and walk as men. The Greek for that is mere men. In other words, Gentiles, just regular folks, just walking like the world. Well, we don't cuss, and we don't steal, and we don't, we don't hurt people. Well, are you walking there? He said, well, you're just a mere man. You're carnal. This isn't who you are. You're just looking around saying, well, they're not doing anything right, so I cannot do it too. I, I looked here in the Amplified. And listen to this. It says, for as long as there are envying, envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you. Have y'all been in that church? I have. It was just a cat fight all the time. And I always tell this because I don't even know if it's true. Of course, I wasn't there, but they wrote it down and passed it out and said there was a church that gotten so much strife uh, over the carpet. They had a seam down the middle. There was purple over here. Oh, it was beautiful. There was gold over here. Oh, it was beautiful. But that seam was a little raggedy down the middle. I can, can you imagine solving it like that? Somebody asked me the other day, I said, uh, well, we're, we're getting a new sink in our kitchen because that rust is unacceptable. It's just, we don't like it. Have y'all been back there? Well, it doesn't matter. I have. So uh, somebody said, uh, okay, uh, here, here's, uh, here's your options. I guess you need to get back to go to the committee 
and get them to vote on it. Can I probably see you in six weeks or something? I said, how about six seconds? <laughs> we want that one. They said, don't your people care? No, we, we are not thinking about which sink, which carpet, which whatever. I wish they'd pick it or two of them, but it's me, and so we don't care. We do not care if it's, if it's acceptable and it's, it's excellent. Go home and build your house if you want the green or the gold or the purple. Knock yourself out at home. But here in the church, we're just going to keep it modest and, and excellent. But they were just like, really? Your, your church doesn't have a committee that meets and reports to another committee. So are you envying? As long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh? Now that just, what an indictment that, that the Word would tell you that you're of the flesh. Here we are, spiritual beings. The spirit part's dominating every part. And yet we've been accused of being unspiritual beings. Behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Now we ought to fight that, y'all. We ought to fight that. You go, well, I'm not like these people over here. Of course we're not. But if we are going to a standard of being an apostle, you go, well, I'm not going to be an apostle. Well, you don't know it, and it, the time might not reveal it, but it'd be good to be trained for it. It'd be good to know how to lay hands on the sick or to speak to sickness or to go into the, uh, to the unit and, and clean out the cancer ward. What if God was calling you to do that? And you go, well, I don't know about it, but you wouldn't know about it unless you got ready. And that's what we're doing. We're getting ready. And then if the Lord hands out cards and says, here's your new assignment, we got it. We got it, Lord. It doesn't matter to me. Hand me any card. Hand me any assignment. Hand me any job. Hand me any ministry. I got it. We've never had deacons in this church because it hurts feelings. <laughs> like, so you get three guys and you say, two of you are deacons, the other one you're not. Well, you know, that's going to be strife and envying and jealousy. So let's just make everybody a deacon and uh, be blessed. Hallelujah. The English Standard Version. That would be the ESV. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have, listen, here it is, their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. Well, that means we need to giddy up in this church. We need to giddy up and find us some people that need help and go help them. Well, we're, we're pretty topped off here, don't y'all think? We don't have anything going on that needs a lot of help. I mean, we got, we got personal issues in the church and everything, but... We're just applying the word. We're just getting in faith and speaking to the mountain and, and watching things roll back. But he said here, powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish between good and evil. I want to I want to be no I want the Lord to say, Hey you, good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, and you got powers of discernment trained by constant practice. We're going to get out into our community this year. River Church, we're getting out there. And it's not, not down at the corner or anything. So I have two questions. I ask a whole bunch Sunday, but I'll ask some two just tonight. Will you purpose to fulfill 2021 to stay on pace? Say, stay on pace. Stay on pace. We're not going to do your whole ministry, my whole ministry this year. But i got to take some ground this year if I'm going to lock up to 2022. And, and it, 
it's like moving schools. They move you from Birmingham to, to uh, Tuscaloosa or whatever, and they say, you, you think this kid's going into sixth grade? We tested him. He doesn't do fourth. He's, he's blowing up fourth grade and can't do it. We're going to have to put him up. Why? Because he didn't get on pace. He didn't, he didn't, he's behind. Why is he behind? Because somebody had a, a, a standard that says, we just need to know this much by the sixth grade. But this school said, we need to know this much by the sixth grade. Well, that's the way we are, church. We got to stay on pace. I got to grow this year. I've got to increase financially. I have to cre- increase financially. When the Lord says, I need you, Michael Billings, to give $10,000. I need to not hear a big swallow in the room. <laughs> I need to say, got that. You want that in cash, small bills, big bills, whatever. You think, well, that's crazy. It, it is foreign. Carnal church, walk as mere men. But we're not called to walk as mere men. We are supposed to be, I wrote this down, will you think on, meditate, and imagine the impossible becoming possible? So what would you do if you had to have a miracle in the good realm? Now we, in other words, we say, well, they had stage four this, and it's a miracle. They came back and blessed the Lord. That's a miracle. Well, how about just you having a miracle of having $300,000 just fall into your lap? And you go, well, that, were you desperate? Were you living under the bridge? No, I had a good house. It was paid for. I had a good car. It was paid for. And God dumped this into me, dropped this into me, because I'm a sower. And it couldn't help but make me to continue who I am. Now, see, that's where I want to go, not from a negative side and say, gosh, he fished me out and I survived, I coped, I made it. Say, no, I didn't get fished out. I was blessed. I was laying hands on the sick. And he said, let's go do this in big style. You go, well, let's wait until we get a little better situated. Do you all notice? That every year, no matter well, when I get my kids off out to college, that doesn't help. Well, when I get the car paid off, that didn't help. Nobody says, I got tubs of money because I got my house paid off. You ever look at retired people that don't have anybody or anything to take care of? That You say, hey, brother, can we go eat lunch? Oh, not this, not this week. I got to get the car, the oil changed, my hair cut, and my, my hair bent, and... and uh, uh, get got defleed or whatever they do, they they are so busy. And you go, so we can't wait until a better season. Is my point. We got to just jump up and say now. It's like the military; they don't wait until you're uh, at a good time. They just say, "Come here. We're, we're, we're taking you to Iraq or Iran or somewhere." They they don't wait until it's a convenient time. So here here I wrote down this: the mature man sees the hidden makes the turn before it's seen. Well, I've seen one of the most powerful things in life as a Christian is when you make the turn before the turn, before the turn is seen. Like, well, why would we do that? Everything's fine. Everything's good. This job is blessing me, and this, this house is perfect, and, and this is... The, why would we change? I don't know, but there's a turn, and I'm going to start turning my sails to turn. And then you, you turn and you find that as you go by, you look at everybody that's in the ditch that was going 70 miles an hour and it was a T and they're, they're, they're out with the cows. But you made the turn. I made the turn. That's how I moved from Texas 25 years ago. 
There was nothing going on. People think there was. People think, God, oh, you got run off or you wouldn't have left. That's how we think. But there was just a turn. He said, I want you to turn in a good time. Which, by the way, I just want to put this in while we're here because I just have been impressed by it. About people that say, get this attitude off of you. Get this, this thing that says, so, uh, you call and they say, well, we just sold the last one. And, and here's what, what do people say? What do most people say? Just my luck. You are perfect. Now, really? If, 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 uh, if that's a part of your vocabulary, like I almost died. I was so, I almost, I froze to death or whatever. We just got to eliminate that and says, just my luck or that's about right. I used to say all that stuff. That's about right. Yeah, that's about par for the course. That's another one. That's par for my course. And that's just cursed. That, that is a person that's cursed that says, I can't get ahead. I can't get a break. I can't get on top of anything because I'm cursed. Okay, I will get off of that. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4 if you would. Now, I wrote down, you just see if you agree, because we're, this is not law. This is just, uh, this is what I think the Word says. I'm interpreting the Word and putting it together. But I say that wisdom and revelation are the hallmark of a true believer. I say wisdom and revelation. It ought to be in all of us. I think you've been born again six weeks. You ought to have more wisdom than you had before you got born again. That it's not just going to heaven. It's not just missing hell. That we, when we put us up against the world that do not have the new birth, that do not have the fullness of the Spirit, we say the hallmark of our life is, I'm smart in the Lord. Revelation. I see the turn when it's so foggy. Nobody saw the turn. The bridge is out and they all went over, but I stopped when there wasn't anything showing up. Now I want to just tell y'all, your life will go a lot better if you don't go over the bridge. It takes a lot, and I've done all this, where you have to back up and have a do-over. I've had lots of do-overs. It's like I bought it, I, I, I invested in it, I, I, whatever I did. And you go, that wasn't it. God wouldn't lead you to this mess, because I had some messes. I mean, not bad, just... I, and nobody else would say they were bad. They'd say, well, you're still way ahead of me, but that wasn't where I was supposed to be. Amen. So Mark chapter 4, verse 22, we looked at this uh, Sunday. Verse 22 says, because I, 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 I'm on this, for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Nothing hid. Nothing hid. Who knows where everything is? We do. You say, well, I don't know. Well, you hadn't prayed about it. But as soon as you give yourself to prayer, as soon as you give yourself and tell the Lord, I need to know this, or he tells you, you need to know this, you can know. Well, how will I know where my next job is? We had people when I was growing up that said, God doesn't care where you live. Just pick a town, pick a house. Well, that's not true. If he cares where you go to church, he cares where, what house you're in or what town you're in. Or in the case of some, your willingness to drive. Hallelujah. I, it, it all plays out the same. And who knows what's happening in Columbus, Mississippi, following that turn. Hallelujah. I love it. I just love it. And uh, there's nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither, so page two, was anything kept secret 
but that it should come abroad. Now, I'm just telling you, the government or your, your workers or your, they cannot stiff you and me because we know the truth. We see it. Are you praying in the Holy Ghost? Well, yeah. Well, then you know. You have access. You're, you're up on the box and you're looking into the window and you see it all. If you expect to not see it all, well, it is hidden. But I expect to know where the sales are. I expect to know where the church building is. He said, turn around and go back. Because we were looking for a property. And he said, turn around and go back. And we looked at it. No sign, no, no nothing. Call him up, pastor called him up, and he said, well, sure. They told me later he'd turned down a bunch of folks over the... And he said, sure, move in. Do y'all know what a blessing this has been to us? Well, I, just on and on and on. I'm in the right house, are you? I'm driving the right car, are you? I can't tell you about the SSR, you know, that's just... Believe me, it's a four-wheeled motorcycle. It's okay in the Lord. I've, I've checked it out. Okay, the... Uh, the Amplified says things are hidden temporarily only as a means to revelation. Say revelation. 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 We operate by revelation. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven. Everything rises and falls on Jesus and revelation. You have no other leg to stand on. You have no avenue to success. You have no skill or experience or expertise or education or, or connection to rich daddy or whatever. There's nothing that comes close to substituting or for revelation. We've got to have it. That's why we pray. That's why we pray. We're praying for the world, but even then, if you don't know what to pray or if you don't know what to do, we have to pray. It says... Um, Amplified, for there is nothing hidden except to be revealed. So that means it's hidden for us, not from us. Nor is anything temporarily kept secret except in order that it be, may be made known. Can you believe this is in the Bible? It's in the Gospels even. If any man has ears to hear, let him be listening. You go, well, God doesn't tell me anything. It's up to me. I got to put on the ears. In other words, you got to turn the radio on. Every station's coming into that TV or that radio, but it's the tuner that determines what you're going to listen to. If any man has the ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. So that's why I say you got to stop your busy life every once in a while. Just put it in P and, uh, and go get off alone. I saw a church to, uh, on the Internet that has, uh, uh, has prayer rooms that you can rent. Well, not rent, but you can sign up for. And it's a, it's a room. It's got couch, loungy couches and stuff. I don't know anything about it except I've always wanted a church that had rooms that people could say, I don't have any way to get my kids, my dogs, my job. Can I come into a quiet place and just park for two hours and pull myself together? Well, I found it on the Internet. It's in Birmingham. Uh, don't know anything about it, but that is a place where you could draw aside and just stop your life and make sure that you're on the right two tracks. We all have to. You have to. 
Well, you got to get off and pray. Well, it's not for the nation so much as it's for us. Because we're just blindly going down, not blindly, excuse me, but we're just moving fast down the, the interstate of life, and you might miss a turn. One time I was preaching out at Foster's, and I was just singing to the Lord and having me a big time. Do you know it's a long ways to the next exit after Foster's? It's all the way to Knoxville. It's 43 miles down there. And you go, well, just turn around. Well, you can't do that either. And it's like, I went, and I was supposed to be there and everything, and I just showed up and said, here I am. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so you could not be paying attention is my point. Have, have Just filled with a mediocre life and missing the excellent life, the carved out life, the special life. So I wrote down, it's not hidden from us, but it's hidden for us. Well, how will we get it? Well, we're going to have to have ears that hear to perceive and understand. Um, Someone told me this week that he had a he had a relative, and he was talking to him. This guy was talking to his relative, and said, "Well, wh what is God telling you?" I think the guy was a little feisty. Well, actually, he was a little feisty. He was real feisty. He says, "Well, he so he just put it over. He just went. He he went straight to the triple dog there. <laughs> you know, he said, "Well, what's God saying to you?" And the guy said, I don't have to hear from God. I have a brain, and he expects me to use it. Now, y'all have all heard that. Surely you have. Surely Uncle Jack said that and whatever, and we rolled our eyes. But uh, he gave me a brain. How, how, do you, how do we like that? I have a decent IQ. It's, it's certainly nothing spectacular. But, so I would, I'd hate to depend on that. I, I have a... I have a bachelor's degree, which is which for, it didn't do anything for me. I'm not in my field. It's well, there wasn't a field for what I got a degree in. So, it's so I'm saying I have not been trained. I have not been, but I can keep up with anybody because of revelation. Are y'all with me? That's right. So, so what it is? Faith is the great equalizer. Well, I was raised with you know, and my dad died, and my mother left, and we I had to take it. Oh yeah, everybody's got a story. But faith is the great equalizer. I am so weary of listening to stories about why people are failures and why they're victims. Jesus is the equalizer. He fixes everything. You start out low, you start out high, faith will put you right in the groove and you'll always win. And I do notice that the, that the, that the mere man, the carnal man, is always late. He doesn't get the good stuff, he doesn't get the breaks, he doesn't get the advantages he doesn't get the favor he's always in do-over mode like oh that was a i bought a lemon or i moved into a house that has troubles or the neighbors who knew they had 27 dogs in their kennel in their backyard we live next door to a family that wanted to have chickens in their backyard i stopped that hallelujah so uh the word tells us here the lord jesus tells us that there's a blueprint for our lives. Every one of us, every one of us in here has a blueprint. There's some general things about it, to, to love God, get born again, get spirit-filled, forgive. But there's some specific things in our life that have to be addressed if you want to win your race. If you just want to be in the race, it'll go round and round and round. But if you actually want to cross the finish line, you got to pay, i got to pay attention. So there's a blueprint 
And if I don't know there's a blueprint, I'll just go through life. And every day, I'll just have something happen, and I'll adjust to that. And something else will happen, and I'll adjust to that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? There's nothing that says, nope, we're not stopping there. We're not stopping there. This person can't get on board. This one, I, you, I got to have you in my life. I'm, I'm going to entreat you. I'm going to, I'm going to make a relationship with you because you, even though you don't seem special, you are the man. You are the woman for my life. You're going. We're going to go somewhere together. You go. Who does that? The spiritual man, the meat eater, the milk drinker. It's just give me a bottle and I'll, and I'll just holler at you. So we said this Sunday. What if nothing? What if nothing new opens up? until we walk away from the old. What if the kingdom was that way? You know that movie, the, uh, the uh, uh, Harrison Ford movie, the, uh, the Indiana, Jones. Indiana Jones, you know, in that walk of faith, that bridge of faith, where he, he actually steps out and puts forward, and all of a sudden the, the bridge is there. That's, that's, uh, that's who we are. We don't see it before we seize it. And so it works for us. So uh, the world says, I want to upgrade. And so they're in the pit, and they're in the trouble, and they're in whatever the world's in. And they say what, they want an upgrade. But we say we want a new way. I don't even want to live by my brains or my education or by my expertise or by my IQ. I do not have an outstanding IQ. I can keep up with anybody that's average, and uh, because I have the mind of Christ, I can go past them. But naturally speaking, I'm just a regular guy. That's right. So the, the, the meat eater is going to walk by faith, going to walk in the Spirit. And where everybody is jumping off and saying, here's where, this is where everybody says we ought to go, he, he takes the other turn. I've done that. You've done that? Have y'all done that? Where we're, we're contrary. Absolutely. Now, Sunday morning we read this, and I, we don't have time, but in Exodus chapter 18, we looked at uh, a principle that I've discovered, and I'm just amazed by it. I tripped into this. And the principle is this, only do what only you can do, and you will do all that you are called to do happily. Let me, write, well, let me read that again. I'm, I'm telling you, the Lord gave this to me last week, and I am excited about it. Only do what only you can do. So even this last two weeks, I have been where I usually would just throw in and, and help and, and watch and do. I'm like, nope. Somebody else here, right here, right here can do this. Not as well as me, maybe, but because they're younger and don't know. But I'm walking away. Well, doggone if they didn't do it well. I told them how to do it, and they just, they did it. And I didn't have to do it. Only do what only you can do, so that you will do all you are called to do. So what if there's a race, and it takes up most of your days to get to the end of your course, your, your blueprint to be completely erected? You just got so many days. Do y'all think we just have so many days? I mean, if you live to be 90, you still just had so many days. If the rapture comes next month, I, you just have so many days. So it's not just out there somewhere. And so we got to pace ourselves and say, you know, in order to get to the end of my course, whatever it is, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to run every week, every day, every hour. I'm going to have to do something that pushes me forward because there's a high likelihood that you could lose ground. 
You ever heard of that? You ever heard of people backsliding or going through a funk or or having uh, something fall apart in their lives financially or maritally or with their children or whatever? And it just they just drop out of sight. They backslide. They quit church. They don't know God. All that stuff. What are you going to do to get back on course? We watch enough football here around here to know when uh, when there's a miracle, you score 21 in the last 10 minutes. And when it's it's done, you just know it's first quarter and you know it's done. So we, we kind of know how how you can pace yourself. Well, we got to pace ourselves. I got to grow this week. Well, I'm busy. Yeah. And you always will be. But you got to grow this week because it's the only thing that's going to measure you when this thing's over is what did I do when I ran my race? Did I finish my race? So I got to eliminate some stuff because I'm burning days, I'm burning weeks, I'm burning months in the past of doing things that are good. I mean, they're not even bad. Uh, Moses told, uh, Jethro told Moses, the good thing you do is not good. You're judging the people all day, that's a good thing. But here's 50 boys over here that can judge the, the, the justice of the peace stuff. And you just go, do, you go be the Supreme Court. And he was everything. Well, I've been that. I, I've been that. And you go, well, you're terrible. If I'm behind, it is terrible. But we've all done it. And you go, well, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't run around girls that do. Well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, here, I wrote it down. <laughs> this is where I could get in trouble. Because... Uh, uh, Anyway, I'm going to say it anyway. We have to reject. I have, I'll say me. I'll say I have to reject projects, visions, unprofitable recreation, limiting habits, and things in my life, clutter as it were, that has sentimental value. But I used it up. It helped me. It was the ladder that got me up. And we go, but that ladder, that person, that thing, it was so precious to me, and it, I, I wouldn't have made it without them. The Lord will give them a reward. You can't carry everybody all the way. Somebody said, well, you told me, said, I, you helped me so much. Well, the Lord is my reward. You just go help somebody else. I don't owe anybody for all that they've done for me. I owe the Lord Jesus. And so do you. And so it's like, well, I... I, they live in Montana, and I, I just need to go see them because when I was little, I, and I need to spend three weeks with them because I need to appreciate it. You're gonna, you won't run your race. Yeah, I'm using bad examples here. Uh, unprofitable events. You have to judge that. I don't know. Unprofitable relationships that have no present transaction. The other day I talked to you about Every relationship has to be, I'm, I'm downloading or I'm from someone else or I'm downloading into somebody else. All relationships are transactional. Even if you're just sitting around sipping at the pool, if you're relating, if you're, if you're ministering or if you're receiving it, enjoy the pool. Get you another double dip of that. But, but just to, to well, I'm, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, hallelujah. 
Then I, this one is kind of hard on folks because I'm known as the liquidator. Saving clutter that might have value, that might have value, that might have value. So you have to step over stuff, step around stuff. You can't find your stuff because you're this stuff that might have value. This is where I'm going to get in trouble, you know, over it because we have the sentimental side, the reminiscent side that said that was, and I know this from some of my family, that was grandmother's potty seat. <laughs> and so, well, where is it? Right down there on aisle three. <laughs> and you go, yeah, but the, 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 nobody would use that. I looked at it. It's, it's made in the 40s. But it was grandmother's, and she set her little self down on that thing. You go, no, this can't be true. Oh, it is true. And, and, and uh, oh, well, Okay. <laughs> Saving clutter that might have value. You know what that's against? Here's what it is. I'm a, you're a saver and you've got everything in there. I'm not talking about resources. I have all my material and all my messages and all that stuff. And I'll never let that go. That's my life's work. But I'm talking about uh, plenty more where that came from. If you threw it away, it'd be out of your way. You wouldn't have your mind on it. You wouldn't have to work around it. And then if you needed what you just got rid of, like I, that vacuum cleaner, I got rid of it two years ago, and here I am needing one for my rent house. Plenty more where that came from. If you're in poverty and lack and shortage and need, you're going to say, well, now we're going to do without. No, we're just going to go buy a new one. Now, so it's a faith perspective. So you can, in faith, you can either do two things. You can do one of two things. Oh, i got to quit. You can, you can cut back and go low. And say, well, there's not enough. So we need to get rid of. We need to turn the temperature this, and we need to, to whatever people do, to save and cut. Or you could get in faith and say, I'm going to believe God for more. Bless God, there's more, there's plenty more. Where is it? There's plenty more where what I have came from. And I'm upgrading from this old potty seat, and I'm upgrading from this old stove, and I'm upgrading from all this stuff, and I'm getting it out of my life. I am the liquidator, by the way. <laughs> if you need help throwing stuff away, I, I can help you tow it off. Hallelujah. Well, i got to quit with that. i got so much more. This is so fun because it's helped me so much. It's just that's my new life. And I don't even have stuff. But when I moved out of that house that we were in, it was twice as big as the house I'm in. It was a great chance to learn liquidation. Because there wasn't any option unless you stacked it on the roof or put it in the backyard. Uh, there wasn't any option. It was just not going in. And so I, I had to get before the Lord and figure out some stuff because I, everything I had was precious. Everything had a, a life or a sentiment or a, a path of, of, of good memories. And I just went in there and took care of it. Well, now I got so much stuff I can't get around it again. And it's like, what is that? We had a rule in West Texas that... It doesn't matter what size pickup you buy as a farmer, you're going to fill it to the top. So buy a little one because it's not as deep as a big one. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm going to read this again. This is so powerful to me. Uh, only do what only you can do. Now, there's a lot of things there. Sometimes, you, well... It's got nuances to it. Only do what only you can do, and then, or therefore, 
you will do all that you are called to do, assigned to do, mandated to do, not optioned. Going to the beach might be an option. Going to the lake might be an option. Going to the woods might be an option. Praise God. But finishing our course is not an option. So if you're disorganized here and you didn't pay attention there, then we've got to get back on course. So only do what only you can do, and you will do all that you are called to do. Let's lift our hands before the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for the plan, the way out, the, the avenue in for revelation. We'll plug it in how it plugs, and Lord, it will bring life. Truth will bring life. And we thank you, Lord, for everybody in this house and everybody on broadcast that this will speak to them to change their life so they can get back on course or so they can go faster in their course. We thank you for helping us, Lord. You are a wonderful, wonderful Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.